Hi, this is Kristen Brittnell, and what I love about 88.9 The Bridge is that there's lots of variety with not only the music, but also the podcasts. So keep up the good work, you guys. KMIH Mercer Island. You're listening to a student-run station made for every generation. That's how we do it here on MI. 88.9 The Bridge. It's Joe's class on 88.9 The Bridge. February 27th, 2024. You are listening to Joe's Class, the only high school class where the lessons are taught live on the radio that we know of. My name is Joe Bryan. I am the host, but the real stars are the students. And today I have two of the senior class written ready to graduate, but uh, put in many years behind the radio microphones before they go. And that is Nick Matone and Woody Brown, hosts of the Football Zone. Welcome to Joe's Class, fellas. Thank you for having thank, us, Joe. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for getting up in the morning. I know uh, uh, getting up, uh, you know, it, uh, an hour earlier than you have to, to come on the radio is is a bit of a sacrifice. So I appreciate you guys doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of fun, though. Yeah. I haven't been in, haven't done much live radio recently since we just got back from break. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of, of uh, Joe's class is I figured the best way to teach you guys how to do it is just to get in here and do it with you. And a lot of you do it very well uh without me so we put on every tuesday mornings we do an hour of live radio uh, with some of the students and we feature other students work today we've got some really good stuff we're gonna uh feature some from our intro class uh uh, Samo, uh, as a kid, he does his Northwest narratives, and he has a really good uh, salute to Jimi Hendrix. We'll play a little later this morning. Mm-hmm. And also, we'll tell you the history uh, of something. Alon Baumgarten does a thing called Becoming Sage, and he will tell you uh, everything you want to know about something you didn't even know you wanted to know about, if that <laughs> makes sense. And we're going to give you the history of something you may be using right now. In fact, I am using it right now. Nick's using it right now, and Woody's using it right now. And you guys don't know what it is. You I don't. I'm enticed. I have no idea. Well, it's not a microphone because it's something most of us use, uh, and we'll tell you more about it. And and it's a fascinating history of this uh, of this item. We'll get into that. Nick, in addition to the football zone, does a really good feature on Thursdays. It's called Three Track Thursday, where you introduce us to three new songs that have just dropped uh, that are are, uh, starting to hit either the internet or the airwaves. And it is Tuesday, but I think we'll do an encore uh, Three Track Thursday. We'll we'll spin your last one and we'll talk a little bit about music uh, later in the hour as well. Um, and, uh, uh, that's, uh, you enjoying doing those? You're putting a lot of work into it. They're sounding really good. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think last week actually might be the last time it's a feature. I was thinking about moving it to its own show and just playing the songs full through. That would be awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we find some musical common ground before we came on. There was a super tramp was playing and Nick was like, this sounds really good. And I said, that's really not a band that I don't think carried over to your guys generation as much as some of the quote classic rock bands did uh but uh they are uh, to use the word super they're super good and uh, uh i'm wearing my shirt today by the way i think i forgot who got me this for the holiday i should know but i found it hanging in my closet and it says 
I may be old, but I got to see all the cool bands. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did see Super Trap, which was uh, That's cool. one of the cool ones. So we'll talk a little multi-generational music uh, talk later this morning. But first, I do want to plug your guys' show, The Football Zone. Tell us uh, what it's about, because it's not about what 90% of the people listening right now might think it's about. And uh, when can you hear it? Yeah, Nick, do you want to, do you want to take this one or... I think you got it, Woody. Okay, so the football zone is European football, or like like Joe said, 90% of people think it's called soccer. But you know, Nick, Nick and I stand true and believe it's called football. And basically, we kind of just give you guys updates on the footballing world because I found, because obviously being from England, it's such a big sport. It's like the biggest sport, and like that's what everyone talks about. And I found that since I've moved here, it's not really broadcasted as much or it's not seen as like as big of a sport like it's like sounders is obviously not as big as the seahawks or maybe the mariners or like the kraken i feel like has already taken over the sounders in uh popularity and yeah nick and i just kind of give updates on what's happening in the footballing world our own analysis and just kind of give us like our predictions and our thoughts and insights into that European uh, football. Well, you guys do a great job because I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm not a soccer fan, <laughs> but I'm not. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just don't. Uh, I yeah. never really. Yeah. You know, knew knew that much about it or took to it. And Seattle's a pretty big soccer town. I mean, in comparison in, to most, in yeah, comparison exactly, to yeah. U.S. towns. Now, yeah. if you're going to Europe or South America, it's a whole other yeah. thing. And you guys do do such a good job that you keep me interested, and I don't <laughs> even know who, who you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, it's a well. Uh, it's a good inclusive thing and with the sounders just now starting up um yeah and also with mercer island soccer starting up woody your guys yeah. first uh turnout was yesterday you're one yeah. of the standouts on our soccer team um what could you tell what could you say to people who are like soccer dude they half the time they don't even score and nobody knows who won or the a tie just gets to be a tie uh, what 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 could you say to compel some people to maybe give soccer a try if they're in a little bit of deniers on, yeah. on the on on traditional football yeah so that that is the main uh argument that i hear is that you know how can a game end in a tie or how can a game end in like one zero like one goal scored but i find that like if you just like watch the game within the game there's so many moments which you will remember just for like the rest of your life like i can literally think of like this past season like watching the game with my dad who likes like we support the same team and like you know talking about it with nick i think some of the best i think some of the best things about soccer is how you talk about it after it's played like after you've watched it i think giving your analysis and what you think because it's quite fun it's kind of funny because like me and my dad will be talking about what these like professional footballers should be doing when in reality like obviously they know what they're doing that's why they're professional like they're at the top yeah. of their level but like nick and i will come on the radio and go like these professional footballers need to be doing this, this, and this. And I just think, like, the analysis... And I don't even place high school <laughs> soccer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... And Nick's still giving his, like, how are these professional footballers, like, messing up or whatever. And it's just, yeah. like, I think the analysis of the game and, like, kind of picking out different, really specific moments is what makes it so easy to talk about. And like you said, Joe, how you, who you wouldn't even call yourself, like, the biggest soccer fan still manages to like be interested in it just because of how like how nice it is and how good it is um 
how easy it is to like pick those moments and like kind of dissect them. Which team is it that you and your dad are supporters of? Uh, we supporters of Arsenal. So that's like a North London. Although I was born in Manchester and like my brother is a Manchester City fan. Uh, I'm red all the way with my dad's. But Nick, Nick, what team do you support? I'm a Manchester City fan, like his brother, and I've been one my whole life, and they're just my—they're my team. Well, that's amazing, especially for you, Nick, not being in—I would expect it from Woody being raised in in Britain, but for you to have been a big soccer fan, and you're originally from the East Coast, uh, which is—it's a little bigger over there, probably. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just have. Like most of my memory, I play basketball, so right. that's my favorite sport. But m all of my memories of sports growing up are of soccer, because I would that was the first sport I played. I was goalie, and me and my friends. I have a vivid memory of going to this soccer camp and then watching the World Cup in 2016. Yeah, where um, Brazil beat or Brazil lost to Germany like seven one or was it eight two? It was seven one. Seven one. I just have vivid memories of watching that World Cup, filling out like a March Madness style bracket of it. And like Woody said, the analyzing of the game, it's so easy to talk about it, even if you don't know anything. <laughs> and so that was kind of how I used to be. And just I would always get up and watch the games because I just remember they were always on NBC and I would always watch them. And I just was always enticed by like how meaningful a goal is. Like, yeah. you know, in basketball, <laughs> right, you, you're going to knock down. By the way, you're. Uh, we talked about Woody playing soccer. You had a great basketball season. You really uh, uh, were impressive, Nick. The Islanders had a good run. That and was a good one. Yeah. I was surprised you could make three point shots. <laughs> I mean, a, you're a bigger guy. Usually the bigger guys aren't out there knocking down threes, but I saw you knock down a couple. You can do that. Yeah, I'm a, a, a big guard, as I like to call myself. Yeah. Second team all Kenko as well, so congratulations on that, Nick. I appreciate it, Woody. That's awesome. And uh, the two the two things I do know about soccer that I am excited about is uh, uh, I loved Ted Lasso. Now, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that teaches you much about soccer, but I, I, I started understanding the league, and I thought it was kind of interesting that if you suck long enough, they will kick you out. I mean, they don't, yeah. you know, they yeah. don't do that in the NFL. They don't say, you, you have... You know, you've been a bad franchise for so long. We're knocking you to a lower level. I mean, you, yeah. you'll go down a division if you if you lose. I thought mm -hmm. that was interesting. Yeah. Woody, Woody will know this, but that's my favorite part about the Premier League and just all soccer leagues or European football leagues. It's like y you can't be bad. Like you have yeah. to. Like the money that comes with being in the top league of your country is just so like important to a club and. The best games that I've ever watched were either the games going up a league, like to become promoted, or the games where it's like, okay, we can't go down. Yeah. yeah. The relegation battles. I have a vivid memory of watching Everton versus, I think it was uh, Everton versus Leicester last year. Both of those teams were in the relegation zone. They were the bot. They were two out of the bottom four teams. The bottom three teams get knocked down. And Everton hit a screamer in like the 30th minute. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, 
the atmosphere at this game would be crazy. Yeah. yeah, imagine if the Cleveland Browns could no longer be in the NFL if they you know <laughs> lost and they're doing decent yeah, that'd now. Yeah, pretty good. Many years of losing. I, I found that interesting. Yeah. And the yeah. other thing about soccer that I'm I'm excited about, I think everybody in the, in the U.S. is really going to become soccer fans. You mentioned the World Cup. Yeah. 2026 is yeah. going to be here and in a lot of cities, but we're getting a pretty good chunk of it. I think that yeah. should be a lot of fun. Yeah, even in 2022, even when it was like in Qatar, I remember the entire school was just watching the World Cup. And I think the atmosphere that just comes with like watching like those big games like i remember like in the commons we were supposed to have like an assembly and like argentina against netherlands were playing and like obviously they had the games up in the commons and literally nobody went to, like even like principal wald was sitting in the commons watching the game before the <laughs> assembly and we delayed the assembly so we could all watch the game well, yes. it was a penalty shootout so yeah. it was that climactic it was... moment i remember yeah. i was sitting out there in yeah. the same spot as everybody <laughs> and and march madness is coming so i got a feeling the principal wald by the way great guy and he's a big sports fan which is awesome he's always cheering you guys on and i yeah. got a feeling the tvs will come out at oh, least yeah. for uh, a little while during March Madness. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably see that. Well, I, we could talk sports all day, but we got a lot of stuff to cover, and we're already 15 minutes into the hour. I do want to quickly uh, check in with you guys. We had a week off last week, and Joe's class had a week off, so we've been gone a couple weeks. Did you enjoy break? Uh, any any exciting stuff go on? I know you went to Mexico, Nick. Uh, I've been to Mexico, but I've never been to the fun part. I've never. <laughs> I've been to Monterey. I've been to Tijuana. I've I've never, and only as a child. I've never gone as an adult or, or close to adult. Um, you went to Cabo. Now that Sammy Hagar I know has a place there. Uh, did you make it to the Cabo Wabo? I didn't make it to the Cabo Wabo, but I, it was a bunch of fun because me and a ton of friends went down for a senior trip and it was just like, it was just crazy. We were all down there just having a blast. And yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And coming back and this morning it was like 30 degrees out it was a cold it was a yeah. shock yes it is cold and we're going to get to the news pretty quickly because the weather is is my top story in the news but i want to catch up with you woody you said yeah. uh you saw uh you stayed you stayed around town it I sounds did. like but you yeah. did do something i'm very excited to do that i wanted to do over break and didn't get to it and saw the bob marley movie i did it was you know it wasn't really something when like the trailer came out and like people were first talking about it. It wasn't really something that like jumped out to me. But then like I realized, like I kind of like read up uh, on it a little bit and I was talking to my mom about it. And we were like, you know, we, we don't really have much else to do. And it seems like it's like we looked at like the ratings and I was talking about and I was talking about this with her. And we were like, you know, like the like the like the IMDB score is like not that high. Like it's like not seen as a good movie. But the audience score was like a 98%. And like those types of movies, I think, are like are really fun to watch. Um, and we were like, you know, let's give it a go. Because I know I know a little bit about Bob Marley's story about like how important it is. And so we went and watched it. And there were only like five other people in the theater. Um, and yeah, no, I was it was really good. Well, I want to see it. I uh, 
I, I get pretty far behind on my uh, movies and, and TV shows. I finally saw Elvis. I watched that on. Just one. Yeah, I saw that over break and on my <laughs> yeah, own TV. That's good. That I, was a great movie. Yeah, I um, really liked Elvis as well. Yeah, that was a good movie. And, and that uh, that one kind of hits close to home for me because I was raised in Memphis, Tennessee as a child oh, wow. and uh, lived down the street from Elvis. And my wow. mom has actually kissed Elvis. Twice, oh. twice. Whoa. yeah. She's uh, she uh, has ran into Elvis twice and s s stole a little kiss in her youth. And by the way, happy birthday, mom! I'm gonna salute. We got a couple birthdays oh, to yeah. salute. It's my my mother's birthday, but uh, I I want to see the Marley movie. And one of yeah. my big regrets, I'm wearing my shirt. I saw the cool bands. What I didn't see was Bob Marley, and I had the chance to, and I didn't go. And I said, oh, I'll see him the next time he comes. And uh, he never got, he never yeah, came that's back. Unfortunate. Yeah. I did see Peter Tosh, who was also another great reggae artist, but I didn't see Bob. Well, yeah. on your recommendation, I'm going to see the movie. And let's go ahead and take a little break. Let's play a little Bob Marley right now. And then we'll come back. We will give you the latest on what is some pretty darn cold weather for February 27th. And uh, we've got news, some sad news about Richard Sherman, some really good news uh, coming out of New York this morning. We'll give it all to you, but first let's go with Bob Marley. Here's three little birds on Woody's request. Bob Marley, movies currently in theaters. KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, 7.20 a.m. February 27th. You're listening to Joe's Class this morning, co-hosted by Nick and Woody, hosts of the Football Zone. Uh, great to have these guys in. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just get into the news of the day because there is quite a bit of it. And we're going to start with the weather. Temperatures are below freezing right now as we speak on Mercer Island and over most of Washington State this morning. If you uh, got any precipitation last night, if you're up north in Snohomish or something, you are waking up to very slick conditions. Roads in the Seattle Metro, however, uh, are bare and dry for the most part. And the weather is going to warm up and the rain chances are going to increase as today and the rest of the week goes on. So it looks like I was, you know, I wasn't like really too worked up about it. But if it had been a two hour late start this morning, it wouldn't have broken my heart. Uh, and, and I went to bed with that notion because I knew it was going to be cold enough that just we never got any, any, any drizzle or anything to slicken things up. Yeah. So uh, everybody be careful, though, out there. Uh, today in Michigan is a primary time, and there's really not much mystery who the winners are going to be. Uh, but the political pundits are going to be watching both the Democratic and Republican uh, primaries closely. Uh, while it's no mystery that Presidents Biden and Trump will probably be up on top, there is an expectation that some Democrats are basically going to vote none of the above as a symbolic protest to the Biden administration's policy on supporting the continued conflict in Gaza. And the Republicans are going to be watching to see how Nikki Haley maybe rebounds a little after getting beat by Donald Trump last week in South Carolina, which is the state she was governor in and had uh, uh, served quite well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes tonight. 
Uh, sadly, uh, Richard Sherman, after uh, being arrested on suspicion of DUI and spending most of his weekend in the King County Jail, he was released yesterday uh, after posting 5,000 bail. Uh, Sherman was pulled over on 405, ironically, pretty close to Seahawks headquarters and not far from my house early Saturday morning. Um, uh, and this comes like he had like two weeks left on a probation period from when he got in trouble in 2021 for a drinking related offense. So, uh, this could be pretty bad. That's uh, bad timing. Yeah. Bad timing and bad decision. Um, you know, uh, this is a guy who is not short on funds. Uh, Uber is, uh, is, is not hard to hit that little button on your phone and, uh, uh, you know, uh, they used to, I worked for a company called Nationwide Insurance and their slogan was clear minds make clear decisions. And, and I, there is something to be said for that. Just a very, uh, very bad decision. I mean, if you want to drink a couple margaritas, I'm not going to say what to do about that, but do not get behind the wheel, especially if you're Richard Sherman, you've got a reputation, you've got plenty of people that would gladly give you a ride home. So, uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, no comment yet from Sherman. He is the guy who likes to talk. So uh, we'll see if he uh, eventually gets uh, gets some Sorry word out about that. Crabtree. And maybe he can do. Maybe he can you know use his platform to do some good, just to let people know um, that you know don't, don't drink and drive. I mean, in general, drinking's probably not going to serve you too well. But I'm not going to get on a pedestal and let you decide about that. But definitely do not get behind the wheel. That affects everybody. Yeah. Now I got some good news for you, and this is amazing. I actually even teared up a little when I saw this on the news. Any of you guys know who Dr. Ruth Gottesman is? I don't. I don't. I didn't either until yesterday. She just left a $1 billion donation. She's One 93 billion. years old. She's a retired professor, and she left a, 90, a $1 billion donation to the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx. Now, this is not a, this is a medical school uh, where it's some one of the poorest areas, and it's the the kids who go there uh, aren't your typical, you know, they they could use the help. And she she gave it directly to the students. Listen wow. to this. This is amazing. Ninety three years old. Here's uh, Ruth Gottesman making this announcement. I'm happy to share with you that starting in August this year, the Albert Einstein College of Medicine will be tuition-free. She has uh, basically said, everybody goes for free from now on. Wow, that's insane. Now, this is a, a place that you're typical, if you're taking out student loans to go here, it's about a $200,000 education. Wow. So she just gave away a billion dollars, and this is and this is in, what's that big word that I can hardly say, perpetuity or whatever. This is going <laughs> forward, now and forevermore. Con continuous. Yeah, continuously. So so uh, what, what a lady, and I believe, I'm a big believer in paying it forward. That's one of the reasons I'm sitting here right now with you guys, because I'll tell you, sometimes I think 
you know, living on a little cabin out on the peninsula and going fishing and, yeah. and uh, you know, just paying a lot of attention to my fantasy football and uh, <laughs> filling my smoker with ribs. And, you know, th yeah. that, that sounds like a pretty good life. It but, does. But, but I, I like paying it forward. And, and this is what I know a little bit about is radio. So I, can't, I don't have a billion dollars. But I think it's wonderful that a person like herself, it's like I'm 93. I've got more money than I could possibly ever use, even if I started just like bathing in it or whatever. <laughs> what can I do for the betterment of the world? And, and she knew about this. She was a professor there. She knew about this school. It was dear to her heart. And she just laid a big old chunk on him yesterday. Yeah, that That's, was really powerful. That is powerful. And it's like, it is really paying it forward. And most selfless way possible so that's pretty that's pretty great and you guys will be just starting the college journey and i don't want to put you on the spot uh, but uh do you uh you have a clear pathway woody i i know i think you're heading south do you guys know do you have a you know and and the, the money and everything we don't need to get into that but as a father who's paying tuition right now i will tell you it's a significant investment <laughs> in your guys future yeah this whole college deal are, yeah. you, are you guys excited? What's the, what's the plan? And if you don't know for sure, that's perfectly okay too, because I sure didn't. It took me a long time after I graduated high school to kind of get on the path. Did to, you uh, go straight into radio after high school? No, I did not. I did not have a professional radio job until 1990, and I graduated high school in 1981. Whoa, so it took wow. me nine years. Where I went straight to was Europe. I went to Europe. <laughs> I traveled. That's I, awesome. I met a girl from New Zealand who I fell in love with. This isn't my wife's favorite story. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, I came home. I, I managed a gas station to make enough money so I could move to New Zealand. And I did that. And then uh, she broke up with me. They kicked me out of the country. So I came back and I worked some more and thought about what I was going to do. Long story short, I traveled. I followed the Grateful Dead. I worked odd jobs. And then I decided to kind of get serious and uh, uh, did wind up uh, uh, going to a vocational broadcasting school and getting an internship with a guy named Bob Rivers, who I wound up working with for 25 years. So, wow. That's a crazy story. That's yeah. a crazy wow. story. So, so don't feel like you have to know exactly what <laughs> you're doing, but do you guys have a, a kind of an idea of what you're, uh, after you get your... Diploma in June, what it's going to look like? Nick? Well, Woody, you you know what you're doing, so you yeah. started off. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it was honestly, it's getting close to about almost a year ago. It was almost, it's, it's a couple months away, maybe two months away. But about in a, two months, it'll be a year ago that uh, I committed to play D1 soccer at uh, University of California, San Diego. Yeah. So, yes, sir, Woody. Yeah, so I'll be... I'll be taking my talents like just down south uh, to San Diego, where it's a lot it's a lot warmer there than it is right uh, up here, and I'm I'm really excited for it. I bet, and what a wonderful, just a wonderful choice, and uh, you know uh, what a great town. You get yeah. to keep doing what you love. Uh, you know, there's there's so much to like about that, including the food. Woody, yeah. Woody and Nick are both really foodies. We yeah. haven't even talked about that, but lots of great uh, food down Real, there. Yeah, the Mexican food down there is absolutely insane good seafood as well yeah 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 so nick and i'm not putting you on the spot and if you say i have no idea <laughs> that's perfectly okay because that's you know that's part of the gig so. yeah it's it, it's like i have an idea but it's like not fleshed out like i, I want to play basketball and i'm still figuring out exactly what route i'm gonna take um i could 
like in like 23 days or something like that, March 20th, uh, I'll know whether I got into this school. It's not a college. It's actually a, a boarding school on the East Coast where I could like do another year of high school basketball in order to like get more exposure for college mm. and like to go to a better college than I have the opportunity to now. Well, and I, if I don't get into that, then I'm going to go play at a smaller uh, college in New York. So. Well, that's great. If you if you get to keep playing basketball, and I would say, I, you know, I'm no expert on basketball any more than soccer, but you <laughs> you definitely improved a lot between your junior and senior year. I mean, I could see that. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I barely touched the court junior year and this year. <laughs> right. And you were a real team leader. So, uh, well, that's great. You guys are still following your passions. And, and if you get to keep playing the games you love, I think that's just wonderful. And there's plenty of time along the way to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. I'm still working on that myself. For sure. So uh <laughs> so that that's totally good. Okay, so let's see. Let me refresh this real quick. I ran out of something. So um let's go ahead and play your uh your feature from last Thursday, Nick. It's three track Thursday. Oh, it's a good one. One thing you are passionate about is music. And Nick every Thursday introduces us to uh maybe some songs that we haven't gotten around to quite adding uh, to our playlist or maybe some that might be a little uh, formatically a challenge for us, but he does a great job of previewing these. And here's the one uh, from uh, the last Thursday that I thought was pretty good. Three, th three, three track Thursday on a Tuesday. Here you go. Welcome to three track Thursday, your place for the most up-to-date tunes and tracks. I'm Nick Mautone with a preview of three of the latest songs that have come out. So put in your earbuds and get ready to add some new music to your playlist. First up, we have a new one from Eclectic Griselda member, Stove God Cooks, titled Mellow Chip and a Brick. Stove God Cooks is back with a new brash single, hopefully the first off of a new record of his. The production by elite producer Conductor Williams is loud, bombastic, and perfect for Stove's raspy voice. This is mellow chip and a brick conductor we have a problem conductor we have a problem uh, conductor i hope you really as you say Next up, we have a new one from the Black Keys, titled I Forgot to Be Your Lover. The Black Keys are back with a cover of William Bell's 1969 classic of the same name. This is off of their upcoming final studio album, titled Ohio Players. The Black Keys killed it on this track, with great guitar progressions and a great sung chorus. This is I Forgot to Be Your Lover by the Black Keys. That was I Forgot to Be Your Lover by the Black Keys. Finally, we have a new one from Faye Webster off of her upcoming album, Undressed at the Symphony. This one is titled Feeling Good Today. Feeling good today. I 
That was Feeling Good Today by Faye Webster. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Three Track Thursday with your host, Nick Mottone, on KMIH 889 The Bridge. All right, Three Track Thursday on a Tuesday. That's an encore from uh, Before Break. Nick will have a new episode today on Thursday, and we were just talking about the Beyonce song, which everybody's talking about. She put out a country song, but that was last week, so that doesn't really... It's not a new song yeah. anymore. In fact, it's number one on the country charts. Yeah, and there was the whole controversy, right, Joe? I know you heard about that with the, the radio station, I think it was from Oklahoma, who was like, we're not going to play a Beyonce song. It isn't country. And I kind of, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They probably just didn't know that Beyonce dropped a country song, but still, well, it, ca- it came out really good, both of them. The interesting thing, and I heard the song, I think it's great, but uh, as, as, as a radio person, we get what's called the trades and we get the charts and the spins, what station is playing, what songs. And there isn't a country station in the nation that played that last week. Now, that's not to say they won't play really? it this week. Yeah, they they were not added to any of the traditional country radio stations, but the streaming, the way they figure out what the number one song is, is a combination of airplay, streaming, and sales. And the sales and streaming were huge. Uh, the airplay was non-existent. Not to say that's good, that, that could very well have already changed. That was the week it came out. But even Dolly Parton says, hey, that's a heck of a record uh, there, Beyonce. I I can't wait to hear the rest. I think one of them was called Texas Hold'em, and I forget the name of the other one, but Texas Hold'em was one of my favorite songs, Yeah, favorite country songs, and I'm not a country fan. Super good. You can tell on first listen it's a hit, and I'm sorry we didn't think to have it queued up to play for you today um, uh, because it is really good, and we will get that on KMIH. You suggested a song that we play today, Nick. Uh, I said, what's new out there? And you said, well, there's this song, Gangsta, uh, by the Free Nationals. (laughs) I I did not read the lyrics before I I suggested it. I said, is is it clean? Is it something? We, oh yeah yeah it's it's perfectly fine well i said there was a clean version i didn't i didn't know it was well the clean version <laughs> must be an instrumental because uh, the, <laughs> in, any of these lyrics are uh blank fat blank when i need blank give me blank when i need blank i'm just putting blank words i can't say um that's uh, my bad joke yeah so uh i'm the blank uh I'll, so uh Anyway, yes, this is not the songs we want on Three Track Thursday. <laughs> no. Which brings me to something I did over break um, that I want to talk about quickly and get your guys' thoughts on. I'm I'm of the mind that we're we're we've kind of hit a generational. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a disagreement or what, uh, but on profanity. Now, profanity for for us is a real problem because we are regulated by the FCC, and uh, we can't put profane things on the air or we won't have a license and we won't have a radio station but on a on a bigger scale i'm i'm noticing just profanity be being used a lot more freely and, and in situations where it wasn't used so much before i mean this is my ninth year of teaching i don't recall a lot of F-bombs every time I walked up and down the hall, hearing it in, in class and stuff. And now, I don't think a day goes by that I don't hear several. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering, where's that coming from? And and are we just going to agree to live with this? Or is there something we can do here? Because I have a few thoughts. One of them is, 
the more you use this word, the, the less powerful it becomes. I think this is a word that needs to be saved, and I'm talking about the F word in specific, yeah. uh, for the times when it is the best suited word you could possibly have. Uh, if you hurt yourself really bad, there's even some research that says profanity can help manage your pain a little. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. If you break your leg on the basketball court, i got a feeling the first word you're going to say is not shucks. <laughs> you're probably going to let one out, and it, it might even help your pain. Uh, when really bad things happen, when Marshawn Lynch did not get the ball on the goal line, when the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl, and, uh, and, and Russell Wilson threw an interception, I guarantee you the first word that came out of my mouth probably started with an F. I, I yeah. was very upset, and that's that's probably happened. And then when really big things happen, uh, back, going back to seeing all the cool bands, I saw The Grateful Dead over 100 times. And when Jerry Garcia played Dark Star on New Year's Eve at Oakland Coliseum, my guess is, although uh, this was in the 20th century and I don't have it well documented, I probably said F yeah or something like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> But if you guys are just saying it all the time, and I'm not talking to you two in specific, but in general, I'm just hearing it used almost like a filler word, just like um or, or something. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's getting a little out of hand. Do you guys feel that way? Or is it just, am I just old? I think it just, I think words like that, like just like curse words, have kind of, you're right, have lost their meaning. I don't know if that is necessarily a bad thing, though. I mean, it's just... At the end of the day, it's a it's a word, and I feel like people can use it, you know, how they wish. It's as it's as long as it's not, you know, it doesn't have like a connotation like the N word or a different F word, right? Like those words aren't used like that for clear yes, and obvious. Yeah, those are reasons. more hateful words, and, yes. and, and I definitely don't want to hear those, and that yes. would be an even bigger problem. Yeah, but I feel like people, uh, I feel like just the F words has lost its like stigma. I feel like that has to do with um like popular music now just having a lot more curse words across all genres and well yeah when i looked at this song you suggested it's like no we, we can't play even an edited version and maybe this is where you guys are getting it maybe and i i even watched a few reels last night just uh you know on, on uh, instagram or whatever and i'm and, and every it seems like it's just being used and i got a i got a couple things i want to share and i'm going to share these in class because i'm pretty passionate about this I think it's way better to be profound than to be profane. I think people will remember the amazing, clever things you said way more than they will remember any cursing that you did. And, and I really yeah. want people to start trying, at least my students, to think about, what can I say that's amazing instead of F this or S that? Um, uh, and uh, that's something, because I, I feel like we're getting to a place where I'm going to go to the grocery and it's going to be okay for the guy just to tell me, okay, sir, have a nice effing day. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just yeah. becoming a filler word. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? No, I agree. I think I think it's just kind of been integrated into, like, our language. Like, it's just, like you kind of said earlier, it's almost like a filler word with, like, um, uh. It's just kind of been integrated into, like, conversations where if you don't know what to say or, like, for some reason, we think the best way to express ourselves, like, like the most that we can, is just by using, um, like, the F word or just like curse words in general. Right. And well, like, 
Yeah. Go ahead, Woody. I don't want to interrupt. You're no, that, no, that was pretty much it. I just, I just think it's kind of been like integrated into our language as something that it's just a way to to express ourselves when we're feeling like the most passionate or something. And then like, because no one's really said anything about it, more and more people have uh, started using it. And I don't really see a way that we can uh, like kind of refer reverse what has happened. Well, I'm going to issue a challenge and I'm going to do it in class today, but I'll give you a little preview right now. You guys have never worked in a factory or, or any, or at least I'm assuming, uh, you know, an industrial place like Boeing or something. No. Yeah. You know what you see when you walk into a big uh, airplane assembly plant or, or something like that? What's that? You see a big sign and it'll say blank days without an on the job accident. Oh yeah. So how many yeah. days without an on the job accident? Yeah. I want to put on our on our board in the classroom blank days without a profanity. How many days can we go where I don't hear somebody just randomly swear? How, how do you think we can make it one day? Not, not. It would take a while, I think, okay. for me yeah. personally. I, 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 I don't bad. see us going past five days. Okay. Well, I'm going to start today in our nine o'clock meeting. I'm going to unveil this, and 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 for me and for us, it's really critical. We cannot be swearing in these radio studios and, and in our classrooms. Yeah. What you guys do on your own time is what you do. Although I will tell you. Once again, I think it's much better to be profound than profane. Clever is way better than cursing. And uh, I think you will stand out more if you don't curse. And I'll challenge you guys to uh, to try to do that. Um, but at least in our world, we've got to get a handle on this because it's, get, yeah. it's getting a little out of hand. So uh, more to come on that. We are uh, it's 745. We're running out of time here, basically. <laughs> and, and I want to get to the news first. But I do want to play or uh, the sports with you guys. But I do want to play couple of the things we promised uh, that we would get to. And Samo Lasala, he does a thing called Northwest Narratives. He's one of our intro students and uh, one of the great uh, uh, musicians uh, to ever walk the planet came right here from Seattle, Washington, from Garfield High School. And his name was James Marshall Hendricks. Here's a little, uh, here's a little uh, back story on Jimi Hendrix from Samo, one of our intro students. I am Samo Lasso, and this is Northwest Narratives, the story of those who shaped the Salish Sea. Today we're talking about the true Seattle icon, Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy was known for his hypnotic style of play, and he got this from his upbringing. He spent most of his time over at Garfield High School, which now is one of the most successful music departments in Washington. As a child, Jimmy was crazy about playing the guitar. Coming from a poor background, he never considered going to college, and he joined the army in 1961 instead. But after only spending one year with the paratroopers, Hendrix broke his ankle during a jump and had to be discharged from duty. That's when Hendrix started to accompany different R&B bands. He started off playing with the Isley Brothers, then Little Richard, Tina Turner, Sam Cooke, and it was fierce competition. His beginning in the music industry was not easy, but he learned from the best. He stood out with his flamboyant style of play. They were supposed to dress with a suit and tie, but Jimmy had other ideas. At the height of his fame, Hendrix was the icon of the 60s. Off stage, he was perceived as a shy man, but supposedly he had a friendly and kind demeanor towards fans. Hendrix soon became one of the most charismatic performers. 
Above all, he had the ambition to match his artistic vision. Arguably, his most famous event was Woodstock 1969, where he put the crowd into awe when he started playing the Star-Spangled Banner on his left-handed Stratocaster. After playing the first couple of notes in a straightforward manner, he suddenly veered off into mimicking bombs being dropped and machine guns being fired. It was a clear reference to the Vietnam War. But in private, Hendrix was the opposite of a wild stage performer. He was even more than just a musician. Hendrix was a real music nerd. He would put on his guitar and make breakfast with the instrument attached to his body. He would use every available moment to compose new music. By destiny, Hendrix made a lifelong dream of his come true by having his producer, Eddie Kramer, set up his own $1 million studio for him and his band. With his studio, Hendrix became known for being a real stickler. He would record songs up to 35 times, even, th even if the first take was really good. But the success of his self-produced third album, Electric Ladyland, proved he had been right to pay such attention to detail. The album soared to number one in the US Billboard charts, making Hendrix the highest paid musician of his time. Sadly, on September 6, 1970, Hendrix played his final performance at the Open Air Love and Peace Festival in West Germany. Jimmy had asphyxia, and he was effectively choking on his own vomit. Hendrix had to take nine sleeping tablets, when the recommended dose was just half a tablet. Sadly, he passed away in his sleep. He changed the world of rock. There may be other guitarists who can play faster and cleaner than Jimmy, but he is still the best rock guitarist of all time. Keep listening to the amazing music and conversation on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. And here's some of that amazing music right now. James Marshall Hendrix on 88.9 The Bridge. Seattle's own Jimi Hendrix on Mercer Island's own and only high school radio station, 88.9 The Bridge. We play something local every hour around here, and it's not all, you know, classic rock. Sometimes it's new bands. Okay, uh, it is 7.50. We're running out of time. we still got a lot to do, and one of those things to do is sports. So, Nick and Woody, I'll uh, kick it over to you guys. What's happening in the world of sports right now? Well, there's a lot going on, but in basketball news, yesterday we had some exciting NBA and collegiate matchups. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors won their third in a row over the Indianapolis Pacers as they came out on top 130 to 122. As well as this, the Miami Heat <clears throat> took down the Sacramento Kings 121 to 110. In college ball, 15th ranked Baylor defeated TCU on the road in a crucial Big 12 clash. And also, University of North Carolina defeated Miami 75-71, led by a career night by R.J. Davis, who had 42 points out of UNC's 75, while also racking up six rebounds and four steals. Also, attention Islanders. All spring sport tryouts started yesterday, including track and field, soccer, lacrosse, and many more. Remember to prepare ahead of today's tryouts and have a great attitude going into it. That's right. And I'm the assistant badminton coach. Great to see the girls uh, come, come out yesterday, anxious to, to get the net <laughs> set up and actually start yeah, whacking yeah, on the birdies yeah, a little today. It's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you, Nick. Um, any more to add, Woody, or you, was that pretty uh, much cover it? Yeah, just to add on a little bit, uh, this past weekend, the Seattle Sounders did lose their season opener against LAFC as they lost 2-1, to one, but some very exciting uh, debuts by Pedro de la Vega in his first MLS 
uh, appearance uh, converts a penalty. So looking good for the Sounders. And then next game is home against Austin at 7.30 on March 2nd. Awesome. I'm a, I, I'm going to I watch the Sounders and Kraken and all that. I'm, I'm really a, a Seahawks fan, and the football is my sport. And it occurred to me yesterday, I've never been older than the Seahawks coach. I've never been older than the current <laughs> U.S. president. I've never been older than the Seahawks coach. Uh, but that has changed now Yeah. Uh, with Mr. McDonald. He is a, a much younger man, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And yeah. we've got to write a song. I, I'm going to fancy myself a song parody writer. There's got to be an old McDonald had a team. And on his team, he, he, you know. He, he had a something. He, yeah, he had hopefully a better uh, defensive line than we had last year, E-I-E-I-O. I don't know. It's got a ways to go. We've got we to work on that. Okay, I promised this at the beginning of the hour. If you've been sitting patiently waiting for me to tell you what it is, I'm going to tell you. Alon Baumgarten does a, a really great uh, feature every week called Becoming Sage. You can hear it on Saturdays, and he tells us a little bit about the history of something. And this happens to be the history of something that Nick, Woody, and I are using right now, and you may be using it too. Give this a listen. Welcome to Becoming Sage, where the ordinary becomes extraordinary. My name is Alon Baumgarten. This is our second episode, where we will explore the origin of an office classic, which goes by many names. Among them, swivel chair, spinny chair, or perhaps the most common, the revolving chair. Most attribute the creation of the revolving chair to former American president, legislator, and congressman Thomas Jefferson. In 1775, Jefferson had relocated to Philadelphia after joining the Continental Congress. Knowing well enough that he would have to complete a large amount of paperwork at any given time, Jefferson went to acquire perfect and comfortable office furniture. Found a wooden and stationary Windsor chair. He removed the legs and separated the back and bottom of the chair. He reconnected them with an iron spindle and casters, leading to its 360-degree functions. He would eventually take the chair back to his plantation in Monticello, Virginia during the year 1776, yet he would not do so before it had made a highly distinct impression on the nation. His chair has been forever intertwined with American history and the creation and signing of America's Declaration of Independence. In his plantation, the chair went through many more revisions as he gave it bamboo appendages and other such modifications. While Jefferson can be attributed with the invention of this specific feature in revolving chairs, many have been involved in the creation of our modern day's chair. Even Charles Darwin, the mind behind the theory of evolution, had his part in the invention of the swivel chair. He was one of the first to attach wheels to his chairs, allowing for easier maneuvering around his workspace. Around the mid-19th century, a boom in railways led to increasing business sizes, and therefore a higher capacity for workers was required, especially as clerical work became more common. In 1849, American inventor Thomas E. Warren designed the centripetal spring armchair, which featured the same spinning capabilities that Jefferson had, but with a sturdier foundation. Designed for the office, his chair even had a skirt which concealed the spring beneath the seat, which helped workers to get things without getting out of their seat. By 1904, Frank Lloyd Wright would create the Larkin building chair, which was designed specifically with typists in mind, attempting to fix their commonly poor posture. Unfortunately, this chair would garner a poor reputation as the suicide chair, hinting to its disposition to tipping and falling over with the person in it. By 1976, the mechanical solutions to this office conundrum were starting to become apparent. Countless renditions of the chair would be invented in this time, but a few truly stuck out of the crowd. 
For instance, the vertebrae chair, which took its inspiration from the spine. You could even raise and lower it like a modern revolving chair. This was the first chair to be able to do so. Very possibly the most important contributor to bridging the gap between these chairs and what we have today was Herman Miller, a furniture company. One of their engineers, Bill Stumpf, created the ergon chair. Its primary focus was to make the body more comfortable. With padded seating and more complex spine support, it had gas tilt levers to control the height and five legs to support the chair. The way he invented this chair was perhaps more revolutionary than the chair itself. He used time-lapse photography to map office travel patterns to build the chair. Previously, they rarely lowered farther down than 18 inches off the ground, despite the average length of a woman's leg from thigh to floor being 16 inches. During the 90s, a tech boom saw Herman Miller launch another chair design, the Aeron Chair, designed again by Bill Stumpf, but this time in collaboration with Don Chadwick. This new chair had the helical mesh for your spine and surprisingly enough, temperature regulation. On top of this, it is also the first chair with reactive tilt, that little bit of tilt that you get when you lean back. Even in modern day, we continue to advance in the revolving chair. Just in 2018, Steelcase launched a new chair that automatically adjusts to your body without any manual adjusting at all. Thanks for listening to Becoming Sage. This is Alon Baumgarten. Be sure to tune in next time to hear the ordinary become truly extraordinary. Everything you ever wanted to know about something you didn't even know you wanted to know about. <laughs> I was so confused when you teased us an hour ago about yeah. what it was going to be. And we are all sitting on all a sitting revolving on a chair, chair right now. Your yeah. classic office chair that uh, that we know today started way back in Revolutionary War times. And Alon took us through the whole history. I love that. I love that feature. I love that you guys find something, be it music be it little known facts, uh, be it uh, sports, uh, be it news, and to really uh, zero in and, uh, and you know, uh, do those features. Very cool. Yeah. Very interesting. So sure. uh, we're going to have to go to class, but we do have a whole nother live show coming up, and it's going to be a good one because it's going to be like a leap day, leap year extravaganza from what I understand. Haley Wynn, you and, and uh, your crew is going to come on. What do you guys have planned for the 8 o'clock hour? We're going to talk a lot about leap year and like what it is because I feel like a lot of people don't know why it happened. And then we're also going to make origami frogs because leap year frogs and it's going to be really fun. Well, that is something to definitely stick around for. Stick around. We have live radio for another hour. And leap year, if your birthday is February 29th, is that good or bad? I mean, you're, 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 you're only getting a birthday every four years. you got to make it special. Uh, and maybe they'll discuss that. I do want to quickly salute a couple birthdays. My mom uh, today, 81 years old. You can't say a lady's age usually, but when you're 81, I think it's kind of a source of pride. Yeah. I uh, love her very much. Obviously, I wouldn't be here without her. And if you like me, you'll love my mom because she's uh, a lot. Uh, I learned a lot of what I know uh, from her. And Woody, we missed your birthday. Your birthday was over break, right? Yeah, February 19th on a Monday. February 19th, Woody Brown turned 18 years old. You, 18? you are now a legal adult, <laughs> which means you can vote. And it also means you can go to jail. So, exactly. uh, so I'll, I'll watch myself. I'll watch myself. <laughs> yes, watch yourself. because No it's, punching anybody. Woody. Exactly. It's so weird. When you hit somebody as a 17-year-old, it's like, oh, two kids getting in a fight. You hit somebody as an 18-year-old, it's like, oh, an adult just assaulted somebody. Exactly. So, I can't. Yeah. So uh, that's something I always... No more underground fighting rings, would you? Yes. No, no fight club for yeah, now. Yeah, no more of those. Yeah. And, uh, You're lucky, Nick. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, happy birthday mom happy birthday woody Thank anybody you. else celebrating and a particular happy birthday of yours is february 29th because you only get that every four years we are going to end joe's class so we can go start 
the real Joe's class, the one that <laughs> takes place in the classroom. We'll turn it over to Haley and Chloe and Annabelle. Uh, they've got lots of great radio planned for the next hour, so don't you go anywhere. And uh, here's a little song for everybody celebrating a birthday. You are listening to KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge, music and conversation that spans generations. That was a really good hour. 